1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Sit back and enjoy inspirational interviews with Christian fiction and nonfiction authors from around the world who are on fire for God and committed to using writing as a ministry tool. Feel free to follow our show at www dot blogtalkradio.com forward slash Christian Authors on Tour or like our Facebook page, the Christian Authors on Tour Blog Talk Radio Show. Well, 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 it is third Friday and I am so excited that you have joined the Christian Authors on Tour blog talk radio show this is one of your co-hosts lynn pender and i have not one but two amazing co-hosts <laughs> it's none other than <laughs> Misty kiriski and dr leroy mckenzie jr hi leroy hi Misty. how are you <laughs>
1: hey good people oh yeah everybody well, everybody's
0: listen, I'm feeling really better. You know, I had COVID. Yes,
1: yes, 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 yeah, yes. Glad you yes, feeling better,
2: man.
0: Praise the Lord! I am negative. <laughs> and I'm like, Thank yes. you. It is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: that is I a good thing. That is a good really thing. Good. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, but yeah. so listen, we're excited
0: to have you all. We have a phenomenal, and you know, Leroy, I'm excited about today's author because you've been talking mm. him up for like months now. <laughs> 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 so excited. We were able to snag him for today's interview and i um, the only announcement that I have is that, you know, we're gearing up for 2023, and normally Christian authors on tour, we do our Christian book tour in odd number years, and so 2023 is an odd number year, and we're gearing up to have um, maybe one or two in-person events next year and the other um virtual events to celebrate, you know, Christian books and the men and women who God has, you know, um, destined and called to write some of these books. And so just want to encourage folks to probably, I would say, um, mid December to check the website, com to get more information. Are you all ready? ready for can you believe it where next week is thanksgiving
1: <laughs> i know oh, man where this uh, this year has flown by literally flown by <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah at first i thought like october i was like wow october the month of october really flew but now in november <laughs> when we're thinking next week is, I thanksgiving i know is crazy. yep there's
1: <laughs> only there's only Five. Well, literally, there's only about five weeks and a couple days left
2: in mm. in 2022. Wow. Wow. Well,
0: listen, we have this amazing man on on on. It. Look, he's waiting in the wings. And I want to make sure that we get all the time we can because I am so excited to learn more about this book. You, Libra, you had all you have all of us kind of like on edge. I'm telling you, you talking about
1: yeah. this. Book. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. have who do we have missy oh my gosh so today we are honored to have Theodore L. Crawford Theodore L. Crawford's first novel is titled a time to remember Theodore is known in the spoken word circuit in Baltimore Maryland for performing eloquent and rhythmic poetry he performed spoken word under the name Langston given to him at the birth giving to him at birth by his father Who is a huge follower of Langston Hughes? Theodore is a committed Christian and resides in Anne Arundel County in Maryland. His next novel, Cherry Hill, is in the works and is expected to be released soon. Congratulations and welcome, Theodore. Do we call you Theodore? Do we call you Langston? (laughs) (laughs) I
3: was. Theodore is fine, but um, let me let me first say thank you so much, Miss um, Fender. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you are feeling much better. By the way, that that, that had to be pretty scary for you to go through COVID. So um, I'm thank glad to hear you. that you're thank feeling much you. better. So thank, glad to hear that. Um, thank you so much. This is such an honor, and I want to just uh, first of all just congratulate you and the entire panel for what you are putting together and what you are doing. This is such an honor. Um, I I can't sing enough praise for this opportunity for what you're doing. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, This is such a a huge opportunity for me, and and hopefully, everyone else can um, can really appreciate what you're doing. So um, so thank you and congratulations to you all.
2: Great. So I want to I want you to tell us about your book, right? But I Mm -hmm. wanted you to tell us about your book in spoken word.
3: Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, sure. So when I first started writing, um, I, I started with doing spoken word um, poetry. And, and this was during a time probably like in the late 90s, mid to late 90s when Neo Soul was really um, the end the, thing during that time, especially in the Baltimore, Philadelphia, D.C. circuit. So a lot more people during this time frame was doing spoken word. And I used to do it, poetology, which was walking, um, students, copy students. A lot of the collegi- college students were getting together in groups and just performed the poetry. So I used to meet with them and, and do it a lot. That's how I started. And from there, it sort of just um, transitioned into me just doing my first novel. And... The writing of the poetry was more of a freedom of expression, so to speak. Um, just being able to to express um, and feel liberated uh, without being judged. I think that was part of the beauty of of poetry in a time where we were dealing with a lot of things and politics and in the community. Just being able to kind of like really express our feelings. I think for um, especially for young black men may have had a hard time expressing their feelings and emotion. It was very therapeutic as well. So that's how I started, just by doing poetry. And then from there, it kind of just, I wanted to do something more, and, and I wanted to kind of see how far could I go. And I began writing A Time to Remember. It. And it, it wasn't overnight. It took years, but that's, that's kind of how I started, by doing poetry and then transitioning from poetry into trying to write a novel.
2: Oh wow. So that was like kind of during um kind of that flowetry phase. Yes. When more people yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Very nice.
3: Yeah, during that time yeah. you had flowetry, you had um uh, Joe Scott, um mm-hmm. Wow. Um um Flowetry and the whole deal so was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Maxwell D'Angelo, uh, yeah. and everyone kind of gravitated toward it, so poetry was, spoken word was really, really, and not just spoken word, but just the whole element of the whole nostalgia, so if you take a look at some of the movies that came out during that time, like Love Jones, with uh, Love Jones. Yeah, that was, and probably the kick, that was
1: probably the kickoff to it, yeah.
3: Yeah, that really, and that was that mm-hmm. was at the myth of it. That right there really was like the height of it in terms of and it, it wasn't just a poetry. It was just a whole idea of black folks getting together at meeting at different spots and just really just hanging out, you know, whether it was at the pool hall or, you know, at a local spot, and black folks just kind of just getting together and just hanging out and laughing and just, just really communicating and really being able to kind of talk about things and, and really let loose and have fun. So that whole movement was a big deal during that particular time. And the spoken word was perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did you go? This, this, um, the, how did you go? I want you to talk a little bit about you. 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 you do the spoken word. And mm-hmm. how did you go from what, what got you? What was that thing that said that triggered you to say, "I want to write this novel," and and start sure. to put what your what your mind was thinking about. Into a into a manuscript and, and novel form.
3: Sure, sure. Thank you, Leroy. Let me let me just first say, me and Leroy go way way back. I'm a huge fan <laughs> of 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 Leroy's, and um, I just he's an amazing. I mean, you, y'all y'all know this already, but Leroy is an amazing, talented brother. So, um, we go way way back. Um, to answer your question, so I was given the name Langston at first by my, my father. My, my father was a huge and Hughes fan. But I didn't really appreciate it as a kid as much, the whole writing aspect. Um, so spoken word kind of started it for me by writing poetry. And even still during that time, I wasn't quite sure. I, I just kind of just looked at it as something as therapeutic, something just to do during that time at a young age. But as I began to get more and more into it, I was like, wow, this is... More ideas, and I think I began to get more comfortable with my creative side. I began to get more and more comfortable with it, and I began to write more. And as I began to write more, it kind of transcended into more ideas and more concepts. So as that began to develop, I I, I came up with this idea to write A Time to Remember. Now, initially when I was going to write A Time to Remember, it was going to be strictly a uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon type of type of concept where, you know, just martial arts space and people jumping up back and forth out of trees and fighting. But as I began to write, the uh, the characters that I developed began to create themselves, and the writing sort of took on its own identity, and it turned into not what I initially thought it was going to be, it sort of, developed a life of its own, and it turned into a mystery suspense novel. And it was just amazing how that happened, because that was not my intent from the very beginning. But this is what happens for authors when you get so involved into the um, character that the characters become so believable that they begin to write themselves, and that's exactly what happened. So I was against it initially. I really caught it. But the more I allowed it to happen, I, I realized, whoa, this is something totally different. And it became um appealing to me, and I just allowed it to happen.
0: I love that. I love that, that the characters begin to write the story themselves. Wow. <laughs> that is so <laughs> exciting. And so I, I'm interested in hearing from you just in terms of the reader response. You know, as we've mentioned you know Leroy has been very excited about the book and and so I'm looking forward to reading it but i'm I'm, I'm interested to hearing from you um, what have other readers said to you about the novel?
3: Sure, sure, thank you. Um, in any good book that is fiction or suspense based it's, it's extremely important that you have characters that are that are believable because the reader has to be able to connect in some kind of way with the characters, in some kind of way, in order for them to really, really get into the storyline. So for me, it's imp- it was important for me to have that, but from a very authentic to real place. So whenever I go to book signings and, I'm, and I meet people who have already read the book or they send me um, feedback on my website or what have you, the, the, the first thing that usually comes up first is how they connect it with one of the main characters, number one. That's me. Or they say that whole entire experience that he or she went through, I definitely can relate to that. And that's extremely important because as an author, if you if, if you can't create characters that people can connect with at all, then, you know, the readers may find themselves not really truly understand where you're going with it. But that's the first thing. Um Readers telling me how they so much were in tune with one of the main characters. And I think also what I'm hearing quite a bit is how unpredictable the storyline is. Unpredictable, but unpredictable not with a goal of being unpredictable, but being unpredictable from a very authentic place. So what I mean is, as I'm writing the, the story and the characters are writing itself, I am not intentionally trying to be unpredictable it has to be authentic it has to be surreal if that makes sense so it, it can't be things are happening the sequences and things are happening because i am i am trying my hardest to be unpredictable because if that happens then it's not really authentic but that's exactly yeah. what happens so people are reading it they're like they had no idea it was going to go in this direction It totally catches the readers off guard. So when they're reading it, they're like, I I had no idea that this was going to happen. And that happens all throughout um, from chapter to chapter from the beginning and especially at the very end because the very end takes a very totally unexpected twist. However, if you're really paying attention and really connecting with the characters, everything that happens is truly organic. In other words, it happens the way it's supposed to happen. So that's what I'm hearing a lot from, from the readers when I meet them at book sign or or they they reach out to me on my on my website. What
2: um, Wow. Okay, this is Mitzi. Who do you find are your readers? Uh, are they? Are you finding that you're finding readers all from different? types of um, age range and ethnicities? Who do you find that are your readers?
3: Hmm. Hmm, good question. Um, yeah, I, I, I try to write from an aspect to where everyone can relate. So the main characters are the two brothers, James and Van. They're both African American. However, one of them is adopted by a wealthy family over in Beijing and China. So anyone should be able to, to understand and connect with this because family is a big part of what I'm writing about. In addition to that, I'm, I'm also talking about different aspects of the relationship and, and the importance of having a father figure. So regardless of what color you are, what race you are, or where you're from, if you're still avoiding your life because your father has not been there, all of us can relate to that. All, all men can relate to that. So, I've had different people respond to that and say, "Hey, I, I definitely can connect where you talk about that." In addition to that, there are one of the main characters is dealing with a mental illness. One of the main characters is mm-hmm. dealing with a mental illness, um, depression, and 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 Leroy knows who I'm talking about. But and and, and the main character is someone that is very very, um, how can I put this? Um, very established in terms of their career. So when mm. you see things that are going on, you're like, wow, this, this, that, that sounds either like me or someone that I know that's dealing with an aspect of mental health. So I'm covering a lot of different things that I think is universal, that affects a lot of us in different ways. And, and lastly, let me say that my writing, especially for this particular novel, times to remember does not have any, inappropriate language or dialogue and i do that intentionally because i want young teens or young kids to be able to read my novel without the challenge or threat of any vulgarity i'm big i'm big on literacy i'm huge on literacy so i'm proud of being able to go to book signings, and i have a parent come to me and say you know hey mr crawford um your book looks interesting my Teenage uh, uh, son likes your book. He wants to buy it. He wants to read it. But I'm concerned because I don't want him reading or her reading, you know, anything that's a, you know, that's 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 vulgar with language. So it, it makes me smile when I'm able to say, you have nothing to worry about because guess what? I don't have any of that in my in my novel.
2: <laughs> I don't have any
3: any sexual uh, innuendos. I don't have any uh, language. They can read this. So I'm able to to allow and have young uh, um, readers read it without that threat or struggle with any type of vulgarity. So um, I know that's kind of a loaded answer, but it does appeal to a wide range of individuals based on the content and the subject matter.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing. And it sounds like the same time they can receive, Information about absentee father, mental health, mm-hmm. everything. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, th- can you? There are two things I, I'd
1: like for you to do if you can. Um, give mm-hmm. an, give an overview of what the book is about, so that they can they can understand what the storyline is. Okay. And then, two, I want you to I want you to talk about the genre because you you and I've had that conversation about having a suspense thriller and how many of us aren't represented in that particular genre and what got you into that, if you can, those, those two things.
3: Okay. Sure. Sure, I can do that. Um, So A Time to Remember is, is a mystery suspense novel and it's primarily based on two main characters who are brothers. Both of them are born in Baltimore. However, due to some, some different uh, dynamics, unfortunate dynamics, they are adopted. One is adopted here in Baltimore, raised here in Baltimore, and the other brother is, um, is is raised over in China by a wealthy family over in Beijing. Now, it's not until they become adults that they learn of each other's existence um, when they find out that their biological father is murdered. So that's when they meet each other for the first time. Uh, the brother over in Beijing comes over here to the U.S. They meet each other. They develop a friendship. They start to really kind of develop a bond. However, um, as they begin to ask more questions about the, the, the death of their father's murder, they learned and they realized that this was actually a, a, an undercover government conspiracy that led to the death of their father. So now they're beginning to ask questions about what actually took place, but as they're asking questions, there are threats being made to them by the government and by the police. So now there is a huge cloud over top of them, and it's leading to uh, questions of, well, wait a minute, who exactly are you and can I trust you? So there are some inconspicuous things that are happening, such as, you know, you see uh, a car outside their their house late at night, and and or someone is being followed because of now they're asking all these questions and they're being threats being made. So there's a lot of twists and turns, a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of trust issues that develop, um, but as I mentioned earlier, it does lead to a very um, surprising and unexpected, shocking twist at the very end. However, it does make perfect sense if you're following along, what happens throughout the entire story. So. That's the um that's a brief synopsis of, of, of what a time to remember is about. I'm actually working on part two right now as well. Um your yeah, second part of your, your, your question, Leroy, is um, you know, just I, I can I can tell you that as I was writing this and as I was um just doing my own research and, and, and going to different places, like i i I've, I've been a huge Avid of bookstores like Barnes and Nobles and Borders and so forth. One of the more frustrating things for me was going to these bookstores and trying to find you know substantial good reading reading that I could relate to or that was in my genre. And as an African American, it was it was kind of um, discouraging to find all of African American writers such as Toni Morrison, Nikki Giovanni. Uh, 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 um, and so forth being put into one category, mixed in with uh, uh, sexual street fiction. That right there was was very uh, concerning to me. So you go to any bookstore, you know, and I mentioned some of the major ones, like Barnes and Nobles, and you know, and, and I don't think I do think Borders is, a, is around anymore. But during that time, you would go to the African American section, and you will find a Toni Morrison. And right next to Toni Morrison, you will find uh, a street hood uh, fiction book. And what that told me is is that they basically considered all African-American writers to be pretty much, for the most part, the same. As if to say, that's it. That's that's what we're limited to in terms of what the fan base is for African-American readers. And, you know, we all know that's not the case, but that's what... I guess, um, a lot of publishers and, and bookstore owners felt. So for me, it was very discouraging, and the goal for me is to hopefully taking a look at this book and, and seeing that for African Americans, we're much more than that, than just street hood fiction. If you decided that's what you want to read, then that's fine. However, there's a whole other aspect of writers, like, you know, not just myself, but other writers as well, that does not... Gravitate towards that subject matter, and if you're someone that loves and appreciate good reading, um, without the vulgarity and the sexual uh, aspect of it, you should be able to go someplace and you should be able to to read and find a section of mystery suspense authors. So, yeah, that was something that I counted that was very shocking and surprising to me, um, Leroy. Mm-hmm.
0: That's such a I real, that's yeah. That's such yeah. a real testimony. Yeah, that that's 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 that, that's a real testimony, and and that, that's even um, more credits just in terms of why we need authors like you, Theodore. You know, you talked about having a book that. You know, not only parents can read, but they can feel comfortable knowing that they're teenagers, you know, the young people that they love, you know, that, that they can read it, you know, and, and know that they're going to get something meaningful out of the experience. And and I'm excited about that. And so if folks want to buy copies of the book, if they want to invite you out, how can they do that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, go directly to my, my website. Um www.theodorecrawford.com um, I'm, I'm looking to have it on Amazon pretty soon. Um, I would say sometime this year it will be on Amazon. But for right now, go directly to my site. Again, www.theodorecrawford.com um, You can order it directly there. In terms of uh, I, I one of the things, I, I love writing. I absolutely love to write. But what I love just as much is being able to meet people. I love love being able to go to book signings and meet people. And sometimes it's not even really just about selling books. I just love talking to people about giving the idea of them being able to write themselves. I mean, I would go to a book signings and spend so much time talking to people who says, hey, you know, I want to write or I have this idea. What, 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 what do I do? I, I love it. So, you know, if, if you want me to, to to come someplace and share more about how I got started or for me to talk about the novel, by all means, I love I love doing that. Um, the Baltimore Book Festival, I, I do all the time. Uh, the last time we did it was at the harbor, right before COVID, and it was the entire weekend. There was hundreds of people, hundreds of people, the entire weekend who came just looking to to, to get books, and it was such a it was so gratifying to be able to talk to so many people about the joy of reading, and and, and seeing how re- reading. Help them grow it was exciting i I love that so for me, part of what I do is not just um writing but I enjoy reading as well and I guess I should also add that I'm also a, a i teach middle school in language, language uh language arts in Hanwana county, so I'm big on literacy i'm I stress literacy all the time all the time
2: that's amazing. How many minutes we have left? I wanted to ask, um, how do you market your book? Um, how do you go about marketing, whether it's online or if you're marketing, as you say, going around the book events? Um, how's your marketing for them?
3: Yeah, I think you just said it. Um, for me, I'm a face-to-face. I, I love being able to, to, to meet people, so whenever I can attend different events, prior to COVID um, doing different events every single year um, and the masters of being able to talk to people. That was the most effective way for me. I mean, and obviously you can do things through social media, through Facebook and and things of that nature. But for me, the most effective way is for me to be able to talk to people directly. I I, I love that. Um, And I think we're just now slowly starting to kind of get back to the way that it was before, prior to COVID where there were book signings being held at different functions and so forth. So for me, advertisement, um social media and everything is fine. Uh but being able to attend different functions so that way I can talk to people in the masses, that that right there is where I really can make that really good connection. I, I love that. <laughs>
1: Yeah that that's great. Um so we can close up the um what just really quickly what what one piece of advice would you have for an aspiring um author? Someone who says, you know, uh Mr. Coffee, I'm thinking about, you know, writing a book. What what would be but, your your one main thing that you would kind of um tell them to kind of uh get them get them started and going?
3: Sure. Sure. Good question. I, I do. I get asked that a lot. And I would say, you know, if this is something that you really, truly want to do, you know, is this something that you really, really, truly want to do, then you have to see your book, whatever your book is about, you know, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or autobiography or whatever it is, see it as your baby. Like, really, see it as your child. And, you know, when a child is born, you give, you give birth to that child, that child is born. But guess what? You have, to t- you have to develop that child. You can't just leave that child out there by its own. So if you don't dedicate yourself to it, that child is not going to develop. The child is not going to develop and is not going to be the best that it can be. So I tell people all the time, dedicate yourself to it. Dedicate yourself to it. Find your creative space. For me, when I first started writing a time, so I remember I used to go to Barnes & Noble down the harbor. Every day when I cut off for work, I, and I would be there from 6 to eleven o'clock every single day. Upstairs in the um in the lounge room. And I would get me a little brownie or cookie. You know, and you had me something to drink. And I would just write for hours. I would just write. And don't be concerned. When you're when you're in the early stages of it, don't be concerned about how it sounds. Whether well, it sounds this or don't worry about that. Just write. Just write. Because you can always go back and make changes as you go. So for me, I would tell people um Birth, your 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 book. See it, see it as your child. See it as your child, and I would say also try to surround yourself with people who are writers as well. Try to find like an organization nearby, like a, like a Baltimore Writers Guild. I can be part of the Baltimore Writers Guild. There's um there's one in PG County as well, Montgomery County. So just join other people who are like minded, so that way that creativity can stay with you, and you can be continue to be inspired. Absolutely, thank
0: you so much. And as all good things always do, we have run out of time. but <laughs> well, we are so excited and it's just been a pleasant conversation with you and congratulations, you know it's it's just so exciting to talk with you and just want to thank you.
3: yeah oh thank, thank you all again, uh, congratulations on this platform that you have. I think it is amazing. Um I, I, uh Leroy, thank you, brother, for your love. I, I I I love you dearly. And um, you know, hopefully we can all get a chance to hopefully meet hopefully meet and, and do something in the future. This is this is great.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, sir. And uh Mitzi and Leroy, it's always a pleasure. Third Fridays, I'm always looking forward to it. <laughs> <Absolutely>, <laughs> yes. absolutely. Great, absolutely. great interview.
2: That was amazing. Yeah. Yes. yes. And yes.
0: our listening audience, we thank you for tuning in to the C A O T Blog Talk Radio Show. Please support us <laughs> next time. God
2: bless